welcome back to the Brave Collective. You guys, I'm so excited to be back. This is a career building and leadership development podcast. I'm your host, Danielle, and I owe you the biggest apology. Um, remember back like a hundred years ago in November, I came on here and said I'd be dropping the final episode of this season before Thanksgiving. Well, clearly that did not happen. And here we are in January, if you're listening in real time, and I'm just so sorry. Okay, confession. What I failed to account for was that my children were going to be home for break when I planned to record that last episode. If y'all think I batch record in advance, and yes, I realize that would be smart. I, in fact, do not. At least not yet. I have a full-time job, two kids, a husband, you get it. Anyway, when I realized the kids were home, they were in full swing break mode. I knew it was going to be difficult to get an episode recorded, edited, and pushed out. And I figured with the holidays and all, y'all wouldn't mind. So here's what we're going to do. I'll be sharing the final episode of season one. And at the end, I'll share a little update on where things are headed for the Brave Collective in 2024. So stick around. Okay, here we go. Season one, episode five, how to work smarter, not harder, establishing and sticking to healthy boundaries in your schedule. You guys, this really couldn't have been timed any better with it being early January and all and everybody coming up with all kinds of goals for the year. So I have a little confession to make. I am a workaholic. Well, a recovering workaholic, actually. You see, I have this Well, I like to call it a toxic trait of using busyness to satisfy this unhealthy desire to feel accomplished. The difference between where I'm at today versus where I was a decade ago is that I fully realize this about myself and recognize when I start to fall into old habits. I used to be really proud of my ability to multitask, especially when I was in the throes of early motherhood. Actually, if I'm honest, this started way before children. I was a server in college and I thrived on my ability to carry three to four glasses of water in one of my tiny hands. And one time during a very busy weekend, I was working a night shift. I was delivering a full tray of drinks to a table. And among this, uh, you know, assortment of drinks were two full milkshakes, the old fashioned kind that come with a large silver cup full with all that extra milkshake goodness. I grabbed the tray from the bar where they made them, and as soon as I stepped off the platform, I attempted to counterbalance this heavy tray I was carrying, and the entire thing just like tipped all over me, spilling two full shakes all over the front of my shirt. I don't remember much after that, but I do know I was probably going way too fast because, well, I always was. And because of that, my table had to wait even longer as we made them again, Let's not mention the fact that my team had to pay for my mistakes as well. You know, like the busser and the bartender and other servers that were trying to help clean up the mess. The point of this story is that when we use busyness to measure our productivity, and for some of us, our success, we're mixing a recipe that's headed for disaster. The truth about busyness is that it's simply distraction disguised as accomplishment. Let me say that again. Busyness is distraction disguised as accomplishment. And maybe that's the thing we crave the most, to accomplish something so we can feel successful. But if we're really being honest with ourselves, 
we're probably just procrastinating the bigger, harder task at hand or altogether avoiding the inevitable. I'll even go so far as to say that busyness allows me to keep my mind focused on something else so I don't have to focus on my fear, hurt, insecurity, pain, or you fill in the blank. It may not be that deep of a crutch for you, but I know that's an honest place of struggle for me. Pain and fear, these are all things I personally try to avoid. They're the places I don't want to go. So if I keep myself busy enough, maybe I can forget those feelings exist. And most of you would agree this method only carries you so long until you explode or just fall apart. But there's also another terrible truth about distraction, and it's this. Distraction robs us the gift of presence. Okay, story time. I remember the day well. I was working, and I was completely buried in this project that was never going to make the deadline. But in my get-it-done attitude, I was going to die trying. I remember the day really well because it was my son's 10th birthday, and I was just so bummed because I had barely seen him. Um, And... That pain was not something I really, at the time, had time to name or recognize or even grieve. Instead, I had taken my daughter to this local coffee shop. So my son was at school, and she was in preschool, so she had shorter days. And I I picked her up, but I still had a bunch of work to do. So she really liked to play on these steep, grassy hills, you know, and run around And there was this little cafe by our our house that we would go to that had a nice space for her to run around outside where I could also drink some coffee and get a little work done. We bought cupcakes for her and my son for when he would be home later in the afternoon. I was really stressed. Anxiety wasn't a completely foreign thing to me, but it was um, something that I was starting to see pop up in my life more and more. It had kind of set in pretty regularly in the weeks preceding. Work had just kind of gotten to be out of control and my bandwidth was stretched so thin and I was starting to feel like a physical heaviness on my chest. As I typed away on the computer, I felt God nudge me to just look up. I stopped typing. I fixed my gaze just above the keyboard screen and I saw my four-year-old twirling in the grass as happy and carefree as she could be joy, goodness, beauty. This moment, it was wrapped up in all of these beautiful treasures. And I realized I almost missed them. It was right then and there that I remembered that God is a God of goodness. You know, the if you're not familiar with the scripture of the fruit of the spirit, that God is, uh, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if those are the fruit of the Spirit, that essentially means that that's the essence and character of who God is. And if God is good and he's full of goodness and I have the Spirit of God inside of me, then I have access to it always. It's here for me. It's here for all of us. But distraction robs us of that goodness. It snatches our most precious memories from us by keeping our eyes fixed on the problem at hand the task in front of us, the never-ending to-do list. And I'm not saying to just drop all that stuff and start running through the grassy hills, but maybe, just maybe, if we start paying more attention to the life 
that is literally happening right in front of us, we will be reminded of the goodness of God in the land of the living. We will start to see that hope is real and God is good. We will remember who God is and how much he loves us. And we will be present in every moment, showing up fully for the people in our lives. You have one life. When are you going to start living it? Okay, now that I've got you all motivated to embrace presence over busyness, I want to take some time to unpack productivity. Because let's face it, productivity is a leading priority in our work. It allows us to make progress, see impact, and grow as leaders and teams. But as I addressed above, the level at which we are productive depends on distractions. And we all have distractions. Even work itself can distract us from more important work that we should be doing. So let's take a look at how we focus on the task at hand without getting bogged down with distractions. There's just too much to do and not enough time to do it. Have you ever heard that phrase or maybe felt this way yourself? As a working mom, I completely relate. There's a million things that need to get done, then a million more that I want to get done. Oh, and let's not forget all the things your kids want to do. As a working parent, the demand for my time often feels unending. There's always something that someone needs from me, and I have to be really intentional about saving up time for myself each day. Otherwise, I'm running on empty. I am constantly running up against the things I want to do and the things I can actually do on any given day. And I don't just want to get stuff done either. I want to get stuff done well. It's a constant balance. And as someone who tends to take on more than I should, I always have to keep this in check. Parenting has taught me a great deal about productivity. But it wasn't until I became a full-time working parent that I had to make some major adjustments. As I've grown into different leadership roles, I've learned a few tricks here and there and have come across a lot of different working styles. The good news is it doesn't really matter what your style is. Anyone can learn to be efficient and productive with their time. Now, before you start freaking out, this is not about how to become an organized person. Trust me, I am not the girl who alphabetizes her spices. Not everyone is organized in that sense or even has the desire to be. But almost anyone can learn how to work smarter and become more organized with their time and resources to be the most efficient person they can and tap into the, their natural giftings. So I'm going to share a few tips on time management and productivity that you can start applying today um, to your own working habits, no matter what type of personality you have or how organized or um, maybe messy you tend to be. So the first one is set daily goals and celebrate small wins. Okay. Productivity sometimes happens when I set my eyes on a few things I can actually do and do well. One of the best ways I can accomplish this is by looking for small wins throughout my day. You can experience wins when you create small goals that you can actually accomplish. Achievements that are also moving you toward a bigger goal you're working on. Let's use losing weight for an example. It's just this perfect example that we can all kind of relate to because I think we've all sort of been at the point where we feel like we could drop a few pounds. 
Okay, let's say you're on this journey to lose 10 pounds. It doesn't matter what size you are. 10 pounds is a lot, and it's certainly not something you can do in one day. So if I'm focusing on that 10-pound goal, I might immediately start to feel overwhelmed because then I'm thinking about how long it's going to take me to get there, how many things I'm going to have to say no to and indulgences I'm going to have to forego to reach my goal. And then I'm just going to start to feel small, like I can't accomplishment accomplish this. It's too much. It's too hard. It's too long. Instead, shift your focus on what you can accomplish today. Weight loss is a great example of small intentional steps that add up over time. Today, any of us could carve out 30 minutes to exercise. We can be intentional about what we eat. One of the best ways to set yourself up for success with any goal, big or small, is to be specific with that goal. So let's say you've decided that your win for the day would be to exercise and eat healthy. This is a great first step and one that's definitely attainable. Not to mention, you can achieve them and then feel accomplished at the end of the day. That's where you can incorporate celebrating that small win. Okay, but let's take it a step further because we know that life happens and we get busy. Take some time the night before and schedule your workout. What if you looked at the day ahead? Do you have meetings? Do you foresee any interruptions? When do your kids wake up? Are you more available to work out first thing in the morning or at the end of your day? If you take some time to think through the best times for you and then pre-schedule that 30 minutes of exercise to keep you on track as you go into your day, you'll, you're setting yourself up for a win. That doesn't mean you don't have the freedom to move it around and uh, reorganize it as, as your day unfolds, but the act of scheduling it will help keep you accountable. It can be easy to miss the progress sometimes because it gets lost in the everyday chaos. But taking time to slow down, set a goal, and then identify what you've accomplished for that day helps to keep you motivated and encouraged along the way. Okay, the second tip is to use your calendar to organize your time. I really believe it's time for us to take back our schedules. You know, instead of allowing your calendar to run your life, it's essential to learn how to lean into your schedule, utilize it as a tool in a way that helps you honor and value the time that you have. As a mom of two kids, I often have to fight for more time with my kids. This is partly because I work, but also because they, especially when they were younger, were always seeking my attention. One of my goals is to create space for my kids, uninterrupted time that's just for them. In order to do this, I have to block out some time in my schedule where I can see and be reminded that I've committed this to them, just as I might do if I had a client meeting. Look at your calendar as a sacred place. You value your time immensely. And this is where the most important appointments go. This space is reserved for the relationships you set the most priority on the high priority tasks that are going to help you achieve your big goals and dreams, and those important reminders that you just can't forget if you don't want to let yourself and others down. Scheduling a block of time to do whatever it is you need to do becomes a sacred event that you care enough about to say, I'm human and I don't want to forget. I love you and I want to make space for you. I value your time and mine So I'm reserving a space for you ahead of time. 
When you think about it that way, scheduling things becomes a much bigger deal. Okay, the last tip is to create intentional space. This is my favorite. So remember that thing I said about not allowing your calendar to run your life? One of the best ways to do this is to intentionally schedule breathing room into your day. It doesn't matter if you work from home, volunteer, raise children or don't, or if you run your own company. We all need breathing room. Breathing room is simply space to breathe, time to unpack or decompress, time to switch gears from one type of work to another, creative space, or simply the mental capacity to manage all the little things that unexpectedly pop up in your day. We all need it, but most of us rarely take into account breathing room when it comes to our schedules. This could look like a variety of different things, but think through your day and the times where you routinely feel stressed or overwhelmed with your time. If you're in the type of environment where you have back-to-back meetings, you may feel this on a regular basis. That's because there's really no breathing room from one meeting to the next. It leaves you no time to mentally shift gears, um, you know, unpack what you went through in one meeting before moving on to the next discussion. It doesn't allow you time to prepare. It's a really difficult way um, to lead and it's a really unhealthy pattern to maintain. So I'll give you an example from my own life. There was a season where I had a weekly morning meeting with my boss first thing on Mondays. After several weeks of doing this, I started to notice this pattern in my own life. I would get really anxious just before that meeting. I would leave feeling unprepared and overwhelmed. It always set off a domino effect of being behind in my work every single Monday. And then I felt as though I was just playing catch up until the end of the day. It was exhausting. When I slowed down and started thinking through what was happening and why I was feeling this way, I realized a few things. During that time, my youngest was in preschool and the drop-off situation, it was not easy, especially on Mondays. Without fail, I would drop her off and tears would follow while she clung to me tightly, begging me not to leave. If you've experienced this on any level, you know how difficult it is and excruciating it is to walk away from your child who's acting like you're never coming back. My commute from the preschool to the office was about five minutes. Okay, that is not enough time. By the time I got to work and opened up my computer, it was time for my meeting. I hadn't read any emails, checked my messages, or even had a chance to adjust my brain from mom mode to boss mode. My weekly meetings always resulted in this long list of to-dos that I had to follow up with immediately, which meant getting caught up from the weekend would have to wait. It was no wonder I felt ill-prepared, mentally and emotionally overwhelmed, and just completely behind. This was no way to start off my week. So I, I looked at my schedule. Um, I figured out some times that would work for both me and my boss and proposed to him that we move our meetings to another day and time. Okay, and this is important. I did not tell my boss all these reasons of why I couldn't do Monday. I simply explained that it had been a little bit stressful and I didn't have a lot of time to prepare and wanted to feel more prepared and empowered to really tackle that meeting and own it and walk away feeling confident on what my next steps were going to be and not behind. So I positioned it in a way of 
this is what I think would set me up for success and here's a solution that I'm proposing. When he saw that, he was happy to oblige and from then on, I was much more prepared for our meetings and for my Mondays. You see, I needed space to breathe, space that I was not getting. I needed time between dropping off my daughter to start my workday, time that would allow me to decompress and switch gears and mentally prepare for my work week. That one simple change had a positive ripple effect that trickled into different aspects of my life. And it left me feeling stronger, healthier, happier, and more capable, actually, all around. I highly recommend taking an inventory of your schedule and just determining specific times where you need to create some breathing room. Not only is this good for your soul, it will improve your level of productivity. It's time to take back your life. Maybe, just maybe, your productivity level feels out of whack because you've become a slave to your schedule. And I get it. It's not that we set out for this to happen, but slowly over time, we think we have the capacity to take on more, only to find ourselves feeling run down and overworked and overwhelmed. We've got to stop blaming our ability to produce on the amount of time we have in the day. You guys, we all have the same amount of seconds, minutes, and hours to work with. The problem is not that we lack time, it's that we need to learn how to better utilize the time we have. When we're intentional about our time, by creating small goals and celebrating the wins, learning how to schedule the most important things, and creating space to breathe, we move from being a victim of our schedules to being in control of the time we have. And that's when we can really start to be productive. I hope you enjoyed this final episode of season one. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this community as I learn and grow right with you. I wanted to share a couple of quick updates on the pod. In a couple of weeks, I'll be launching season two of the Brave Collective podcast, and I'm excited to announce the season two theme. Are you ready? It's conflict resolution. I know you may not want to talk about it, but you know you need to. Join me for brand new episodes where I'll share my own personal stories of major conflicts I've had to navigate, some not as well as others, and we'll dive into topics like managing difficult relationships, types of conflict and when to get involved, how to be thoughtful versus reactive, fighting for clarity in a confusing environment, and how to know if it's time to leave your job. We'll talk about all that and so much more. Also, if if you're not already, I'd love to invite you to sign up for my free weekly Substack, which is a newsletter of essays and ramblings and career and leadership inspiration and just honest reflections on what's really going on in my head. I'm laughing my way through messy faith, motherhood, and being a woman in a man's world. You can sign up at danielleemorgan.substack.com. I will also be launching a paid option in the coming weeks for subscribers who want more in-depth content related to the topics we discuss here on the podcast. Think leadership and career coach straight to your inbox. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time. Can't wait.